Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart has rejoined me. And also we welcome Terry Henderson uh, to the broadcast here, Matty. Yes, yes, you're not repeating yourself. Uh, what's better than one Matt Stewart, two, of course. So <laughs> warnable Matty, skinny Matty's with us. How are you, mate? <laughs> G'day, boys. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, look, a wonderful day's racing here at the Bull. Uh, the Jericho Cup is just something special. And and I, I love it, to be honest. Uh, Bill Gibbons and what he's been able to achieve here is just absolutely phenomenal and uh, I'm really looking forward to today boys, it's going to be fantastic. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for OTI Brendan, uh, Terry kindly sponsored the outside broadcast today and he's been good enough to join us as well, how are you Terry? I'm very good Matt, I'm very good Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he's thanked me twice. <laughs> Terry, you, uh, it wasn't a hard sell far for you to, to get involved in the Jericho Cup, was it? And I know you've got a, a, a sponsorship role uh, on the day as well as helping us out with this broadcast. It's something that um, very quickly resonated with you, uh, both as a business and personally, when, when, when you first became aware of the, the concept of the Jericho Cup. Oh, very much so. Uh, basically, I first heard of it through Desi Roberts, who was chairman of the club down at the time, and a good friend of Bill's, and Bill had approached the club about the concept, and, and Des took it up through the club structure uh, and uh, uh, obviously no, Bill has done just a remarkable job in making this all happen Just even like scenes you don't normally see guys like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking ahead now and I'm looking at seven members of the light infantry, three mounted and we had a chat to Sri Johansson who's the head of the military band who's playing the yeah. clarinet today and Terry I think the most and Matty as well the most poignant it's something you just, it's just so rare to see other than Anzac Day. That half an hour before the Jericho Cup with the last posts and the light infantry, it's, it's hard to describe to people who, unless they've seen it themselves. No, look, we, we all know how moved we get with the dawn ceremonies on Anzac Day. Uh, those that have been to Gallipoli, certainly, it's, a, it's a, a, a experience you'd never forget. And, and this all sort, of, sort of builds on this, particularly with the First World War, because there's no one left now and there's hardly any guys left from the Second World War. But the First World War, it really did set Australia up as a nation. Uh, we had a go in the, in the Boer War. Um, didn't probably get the recognition that Australians deserve out of that war, but we certainly did out of the First World War. We got Breaker Barant out of it. The Boer uh, War. Well, they didn't do much yeah, good for you, him either. You talk about the Lord Horseman, though. Like, there's been a bit, you know, so we, we had a luncheon on Friday. Uh, the Lord Horseman walked down the main street on Friday night, and the Civic Green was absolutely yeah. chock a block. They had a day yesterday. There was another event last night at the Whalers. It's just massive for our town, uh, to be honest, boys. It, it's just a, a wonderful event that I think is just going to continue to grow. And this is the first one in a couple of years where we've got a bit of clean air and we've got a kind of full capacity so uh, you know I'm really excited yeah. to see what's going to come today because I think there's going to be a lot of people here the weather's perfect and uh, the racing's going to be magnificent the fields are as good as I've seen so yeah. it's, uh, it's the exciting the race itself is deep it's very deep it is Terry just quickly before we move on to the racing side of things your own family background as well whether there's a connection there and I want to you and Maddie and I were talking in uh, off air before about your oldest client Laurie Lama and what an amazing hero he is and what a con it's a shame he's he probably couldn't make it down here, Laurie, because he's 99. But uh, any family connection to, to this this sort of concept? Oh yes, well uh, I've got an uncle, Uncle uh, Wes Mitchell. Uh, he's buried in France. He was killed in the First World War. Uh, that's my grandmother's brother, uh, Uncle Edgar, who I can remember. Um, I don't think his career was so illustrious. I think he went for a visit to Paris and didn't bother going back. So I, the family was very reserved about how they, <laughs> how they described him. Uh, but, um, you know, being lucky enough to go to France and go to some of these sites, and oh, it, it's, uh, you really get a tingle up your spine when you see uh, how many of these 
guys are buried over there, Australians. And frankly, how well the Australian government has done in protecting the memory of these people by obviously making sure the money's there to do it. And as for the French, well, you couldn't ask for a nation to look after the memory of our, our guys better than the French have done. Yeah, tell us about Laurie Lama. Uh, I interviewed <laughs> Laurie Lama on Anzac Day, and I couldn't... Every year we try and say, oh, God, we're running out of ex-soldiers to interview. And, and then we, we came, then you threw Laurie Lama at me, and it was... I don't know where to start with the Laurie Lama story. You tell us the Laurie Lama story, and the, the bit that amazed me the most was the apology he gave to the German towns after that. Well, Laurie is, is a legend. Uh, he has a legion on all from France, and he's an Order of Australia guy, but more importantly, he's just a, a, a top guy. He's our oldest client, as you can imagine, at 99. He's got three, four horses running around at the moment. Uh, but Laurie uh, was in Bomber Command, and he's one of the last few left from Bomber Command from the Second World War. And... Um, you know, Bomber Command uh, wasn't particularly popular with Winston Churchill during its time because of their leader sort of had his blues with Winston Churchill. After the war had effectively finished, uh, they continued to bomb many towns in Germany. Uh, this affected Laurie over the years, and over 10 years ago now, Laurie wrote a letter to four towns in Germany and apologised to the citizens of the towns, not for bombing the military installations, but for harming the citizens of a town when the war was effectively over uh, and a remarkable um, uh, approach that he took that was very well recognised by the Germans they eventually asked him to go over there which he did and he met many of the, the townspeople and the, obviously the lo local mayors and so on and of course now he's got a great relationship with the German embassy in Australia and they respect what he did but uh, it's just typical of the guy um, and I think it's typical of a lot of Australians who still have a deep respect um, for the people they bombed, that many of them were innocent, uh, as we as we do the, know the Turks do for Australians. The Jericho Cup was a, a subterfuge arrangement to divert the Turks, as yeah. many of us know. And uh, you go to Turkey, uh, as you've been there, Matt, and you know how well they respect you. Yes. Well, an interesting time there. Um, it's actually with a guy, Roscoe, last night who was telling us about... This is vaguely connected, but what, what Laurie did proves that time heals all wounds or most wounds, but it was funny. It reminded me of Ross Cattrell was telling me last night, and he used to fly horses all around the world into Dubai and so on, and the only war that never ends is when you have Pakistani and Indian staff and there's an India-Pakistan cricket game on. So he was telling us, he was telling us that the, when they were in Dubai, the staff meekly came up and said, oh, boss... Um, Wondering if we might be able to start early tomorrow because there's a really big uh, cricket game between uh, a one day between Pakistan and <laughs> India, and he said, uh, "Yeah, okay, just start earlier and you can go to the game." And he said, "I came back to the stables the next morning." He said it was all dark, nothing. I, there was no one around. He turned a light on, and one of them came out with a black eye and said, "What's going on here?" He said, "Oh, there was an issue." <laughs> Last night after the game, and he said I had to separate him from that moment on because they they just couldn't get along because of cricket. But uh, passionate. Hey, um, the legend couldn't make it, uh, guys, but he's he's on the line uh, and he uh, he joins us. How are you, weary soldier, Billy? Oh, mate, good. Had a big night last night, mate, checking out the WhatsApp and all the photos of the whalers and that down there and videos and messages. And, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm 
seeing more of what's going on in Warrnambool from the hospital bed than I was down there. <laughs> hey, Billy, can I just say, uh, your little PA, Tara, she's done a magnificent job, mate. Uh, she has been front and centre and uh, really making sure that everything uh, kicks on. And uh, it's been a, a really good build-up. It was a full house there last night, mate. There's been plenty of people getting to all the functions, you know, with the light horsemen on Friday uh, on the Civic Green and all that kind of stuff. It's just been absolutely magnificent, buddy. Yeah, yeah, she, she certainly had uh, baptism under fire, mate, as far as all that goes. But, uh, you know, like Bill. some people can't make it or whatever, and you're filling in for swapping things around, making it all, making it all up on the run there. Yeah. Yeah, well, Billy, it's yeah. Terry Henderson here, mate, and I'll tell you, the day won't be anywhere like it's been the last few years when you're uh, running around like the proverbial in this mounting yard, uh, making sure the trophies are in the right place and occasionally collecting a trophy for yourself because if I'm not wrong, you won the repertoire charge a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it seems a while ago now, but uh, yeah, no, it's always good to see people you know, get the trophies and they you know, enjoy them. Um, they all mean something in relation to the race that, that they're honouring. Yeah, you're sponsoring the consolation. Yes, mate. Yes, we are. And I can tell you that there's no other race meeting that I go to anywhere where the trophies to, uh, to the to the um, are so significant as the ones that uh, are given out at this race meeting. Uh, they are truly prized. And uh, you know, it goes without saying, we we appreciate what you've done so much. Yeah, no worries, mate. How's the weather? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's um, erratic. It's... <laughs> it's actually not too bad. Oh, I think it's going to be all right. We had a, had a little bit of rain this morning, but it's uh, yeah, it's not too bad, mate. And and one of my highlights, boys, was uh, the very first Jericho Cup. There's so much interest, I reckon, in the small trainers bonus. So the trainer, the trains a winner with the least amount of horses. And Chris Ryan took out the uh, the very first one here in 2018. I'll stand next to Billy, and Chris come over, and Billy just pulled the 25k check out of the top pocket. He handed it over, and he said, "Don't spend her all at once, Chris." <laughs> I love it. I- Billy, oh no, you've, it's a well-told story, but uh, remind our listeners who haven't heard it or, or would like to hear it again, the, the, the origin of your fascination for this concept. Uh, a friend of my wife, Rosalind Serrano, she gave me this book, Bill the Bastard, and she often refers to me in similar terms. Of, I'm sure it's, you know, <laughs> positive ones, I think. Anyway, and... I I'm not a big reader, you know. And Yolanda says to me, have you read that book Rosalind gave you? I said, no, I haven't. No, people give you things, you're ungrateful, you know. Oh, dear, well, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of it. I read it and I couldn't put it down. It was, um, and I thought, you know, the, the Jericho a couple of hundred years ago celebrated, um, you know, what those guys were doing over there. And I thought we'd do it again hundred years later and celebrate the light horse. Uh, yeah, it's all just kept going, and it, it really everything's unfolded exactly the way you would hope it would. That that you know, it's you got representation from New Zealand, uh, Australia, you know, Brisbane, all over that are coming down and you know, honouring the light horse and the connections to so many runners in that race today. It's either a relative or whatever that they trace back a hundred years to the to the the First World War in the Middle East, and uh, you know they were horsemen a hundred years ago, and they're horsemen today. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I tell you what, the, the quality of the field today, Bill, uh, there was a listed race over 3-2 yesterday. The quality of this field today would have very well competed in that race yesterday. Uh, so it's not only a, a, a meeting that's grown and the concept has grown, but we're now developing a, a real attachment to these better horses coming to the race. We certainly are, uh, Terry. Let's head to Healesville for race number four with James. So 16.85 for the uh, the run at Hillsville as we come back to the coverage here at the uh, at the Jericho Cup. Uh, thanks to uh, Terry and OTI for uh, providing us the opportunity, Matty, to come down here with his outside broadcast. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. We're very uh, very grateful for that. The other the other Matty Stewart's nicked off. He's tipping. Uh, he's got to do his dot com duties. He says Bazzini is his tip in the in the big race. Say, hey, Bill, uh, are you, what are you tipping in the in the cup? Oh, mate, honestly, like, I hope, obviously, Savvy Acquisition gets up with the story behind that. But, but one thing about OTI actually sold Savvy Acquisition on an internet um, auction to, to Andrew Kelly. Is that right, Terry? Yeah, thanks for reminding us, Bill. I've tried, been trying to keep that quiet. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we also sold Raffi since in the consolation today, so don't be surprised if he pops up. Uh, mate, people be clever to buy your horses, mate. <laughs> now, Billy, uh, you, 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 it would take a fair bit for you not to be here, so you're obviously a little bit under the weather. We're not going to be playing the last post for you today, are we? You're going to be here in 2023, we assume? Yeah, mate, I'll be down there then. I'm just... They're just saying to Yolanda, plan and what we can do next year now. And she sort of threw her hands up in horror. <laughs> <laughs> See you today and what? But yeah. Hey, um, just before we let you go, what... Done, it's about next year now, yeah. What's the scope for it? I, I asked this of Tom O'Connor earlier. In, in, in a decade's time when, we, when we're sitting here, uh, as we all will be, um, what... what what range and scope do you do you hope that the Jericho Cup has? I know Tom's thinking that in an ideal world he'd love to run it as a standalone Saturday, for instance. Tom O'Connor, what is it? Has it hit its ceiling, or can it get bigger? Well, I think it could be a standalone uh, city meeting, but doesn't. I've got a million T-shirts to say it's on Sunday, so I don't want to waste them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, 
Well, it's worked for the first Tuesday in November for 153 or so years, hasn't it? Uh, hey, Billy, we'll let you go. Uh, go and have a, a stiff scotch and enjoy the next uh, four or five hours. Uh, I, I don't think that's on the menu in Pepworth Hospital, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can smuggle one in. Hey, good on you, mate. Um, obviously, we all know what you've done. We've, we've said it repeatedly. You don't need to hear it again, but we all appreciate what you've done, and, and well done, and enjoy the day. No worries, mate. Good luck, and I hope all the, all the right horses win for you. Beautiful. Good on you, mate. Billy Gibbons, the uh, the architect of the Jericho Cup. Terry, you're the architect of a horse called Arms Giver in race four. What are you, what's the... Uh, now, you had a Jericho horse this year, but it didn't make the journey? No. Um, well, we've, as I say, Raffish is in the consolation. He was sold in an online auction. So if there's an omen bet to go with Savvy Acquisition in the in the final, um, he's it. Uh, no. No, it's, a, it's... Look, it's... To get to the Jericho Cup's a tough gig. Uh, and as I say, it's not only a tough kick to get there, to have a horse that's got the quality to be able to get into the race. Because, mm. you know, this year's, this year's race is a serious horse race. Yeah, absolutely. So, Armsgiver? Armsgiver's good. Uh, should be hard to beat. Uh, he's got a few press men to carry as well as the 60 kilos, and that will be a handicap. But uh, notwithstanding that, he's in really good form, oh, and Matt, Matt, the, Matty Williams likes this him. This is the Nick Quinn. Nick Quinn. Is this the Adam mm. Hamilton? Oh, yeah, good yes, luck. Yes, I know. Good luck to that. Um, just quickly before we let you go, um, uh, you hosted a lunch uh, mid, a few days ago, and you launched a intriguing concept uh, called... Eurolink, uh, just in a nutshell, and if anyone wants to learn more about, it, obviously there's information on the ITO website. But in a, in, a, in a nutshell, explain explain this this Eurolink concept. Well, basically, um, it's just taking the relationship between the horses that we bring into Australia, which obviously those 1600 metre plus horses, uh, and the links that we have to Europe, make it closer, making it more seamless. So the bottom line is that when we buy a yearling over there, and we've put four into a package this year. Uh, they go to a young trainer over there. That trainer then keeps that horse until the end of his three-year-old year, and then the horse comes across to a designated partner. So each of those four trainers that's got these horses has already got a partner in Australia who they know, and that partner in Australia is aware of the horse back in, in Europe. Uh, the, probably the key difference, because it's a little bit what like Chris Waller did this year with James Ferguson, the key difference is that the, the formal link uh, now requires that the the young European trainer uh, will continue to get a royalty from the horse's wins in Australia. So he's incentivised to look after that horse to the point where the horse's career is planned further than when he might otherwise have it, which is to the end of his three-year-old career. Uh, the guys in Europe and the guys in Australia, you heard from uh, young Michael Kent this week, they're all on board with this. They see this as a seamless way for these horses that are getting very, very expensive to buy as, as tried horses. Uh, to come into Australia more cost-effectively. So it's something that will go much wider than OTI. I think if it takes off, we're going to see this is a normal way of doing business in three or four years. That we'll have these more formal links with English and Irish and uh, French trainers. And evidence of an ever-shrinking racing world, Brendan, isn't it? Yep. It seems to make a lot of sense because it's, it's the way we're going. Isn't the it? impossible once upon a time to take a horse from one side of the world to the other uh, is now 
little more than prep them up, put them on a plane, bring them here, and uh, and it's filling a hole of, of, of breed, uh, a style of horse that we don't really have. We're not catering for uh, with the breeding scene here in Australia, so we need those middle-distance horses here uh, to to really bolster the stocks. And there was a time when Aussie trainers, it was a very foreign idea how to train these horses, yeah. Terry, but now the, the, the methodology of the, the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere guys that you've linked up is not that dissimilar. No, certainly not. Seven of our top 20 trainers in Australia have close relationships to the um, uh, Eng- have been in England or Ireland or France to learn how to train for six months or more. Sam Friedman's you know, classic example. And of course the English and French guys, they've been out and they've worked for Australian trainers. So they know a lot more about how each other trains a horse. So it does help to make that transition more seamless. Terry, thanks very much for your time this morning. and Thank you very much for the, the sponsorship of the outside broadcast as well and we hope you enjoy Jericho Cup Day. Thanks, guys. Good Pleasure. Terry. Thanks again. Terry Henderson there. Matt, well, uh, it's uh, your stint coming to an end. Yep. I'm going to uh, hang around and try and get a few interviews throughout the day. Uh, this is uh, the crowd starting to build. We're up here on the on the deck of the Matilda Room, and the place is starting to fill up. We're around 40 minutes or so away from the first race, so uh, safe passage to all heading up the hills uh, this afternoon, and uh, uh, hopefully the showers stay away and we can have a really good day's race. Yeah, it's been a great day already, and really looking forward to the next few hours, Brendan. Thanks for your company as well and Warren's as well and Terry and all our other guests and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the day. That's all we've got time for on Sunday Central this morning. Hope you enjoy the outside broadcast here from Jericho Cup Day, Terralgan Cup Day on as well. Terrific afternoons racing coming up with Riley Feeling on the other side of Melbourne's traffic.